Good evening. You are listening to a Radiligion Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radilich. And tonight, our favorite show is Woohoo! Pam and Tommy. Brought to you by the good people at Hulu, uh, Cones Production Company, Limelight, Point Grey Pictures, Annapurna Television, and Lionsgate Television. Uh, Pam and Tommy is an American biographical drama miniseries chronicling the marriage between actress Hotsy Totsy, Pamela Anderson, and Motley Crue drummer. He's the one they call Dr. Feelgood, Tommy Lee, played by Lily James and Sebastian Stan, respectively, in case you didn't know which one was which. During the period of their unauthorized sex tape, which was made public, based on the 2014 Rolling Stone article, Pam and Tommy, the untold story of the world's most infamous sex tape by Amanda Chicago Lewis, the series was created uh, for Hulu by Robert Siegel and was produced by the aforementioned production companies. And joining me to discuss this tonight is sex tape uh, critic extraordinaire, Jesse Starcher. How do you do, sir? Yes, you can find my writings on... Many reviewed sex tapes online. <laughs> Check out Jesse's profile on Fetlife. <laughs> Check out Jesse's profile on FetLife where he reviews sex tapes. <laughs> what? What? No. Uh that's a, that's the wrong introduction. No, I I uh yeah, man, this is this is gonna be a fun discussion. This series, mm-hmm. I had a lot of expectations going into this, and when we start the first, you know, when, when we were Starting the first episode, I watched this with my wife, by the way. So sure, I got As we to, all did. We yeah, all watched well, this I got, I got to, I got to get the, uh, I, you know, I got to get the at least her input on things as we were mm-hmm. watching this. And but yeah, I didn't know what to expect other than I was thought it was going to be just a laser focus on Pam and Tommy. And I had no idea about the yeah. history behind this. And that's what it, I liked about this. So it's yeah, no, this is this was a really fun, crazy series with a lot of twists and turns for something you think is innocuous as some dude stole a sex tape right. and put it out for the world. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, this also is a story of how women are objectified and sexualized, the differences between the perceptions of uh, men in sex and women in sex. So uh, women's rights activist Alexis Haina from Honeysuckle Rose Creations with the women's perspective. How are you doing women's perspective, Alexis Haina? With the women's I thought that was your daughter's title. Well, she's not watching Pam and Tommy now, is she? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell kind of a pair do you? This Better is a family show, madam. <laughs> Better not be. <laughs> you know, I got my daughter who's 16 coming to me and said, I'm on like the fifth season of Shameless. And I'm like, wait a second, kid. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, she's still she's still watching a lot of anime, half of which I don't know what it Good. is. But how are you doing, Alexis? I'm doing well. Miss you guys. I haven't been on a show in um a little bit. It's like you worked me to death last month, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I don't need you. Get Time out. to take a break. Everybody, everybody gets a turn on the merry-go-round. Um, so that's okay. Dave has like 67 shows in fucking May. So that's his month. Jason, Jason's month was February. Uh, David's month is Dave's month is May. I can't like I, every month I'll like, I'll, I, I, 
go through and I make the spreadsheet for who's on what. And I, and I looked at. Who's on first? Yes, exactly. What's on second? Beat me to uh, it. I was going to say the joke was too obvious. <laughs> there's always somebody that has the lion's share of the shows every single month. Um, but yes. So let, let's talk uh, just about kind of where we were. I don't even remember what year all this took place. But I know for me, when the whole sex tape thing happened, I, th I don't think I knew that it was stolen at the time, Jesse. Um, I, I thought it was something that maybe they just put out there. And because, you know, I'm a big old sex pervert to begin with. I didn't really care. I, I, I've never watched it, to be honest with you. It sure. wasn't something I was particularly interested in. You know, grainy VHS footage of two people fucking on a boat's not really my thing. And I don't, and I, and, I, and the fact that it's Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson, meh. Uh, um, but it was kind of a cultural phenomena when it happened, wouldn't you say? Yeah, man. I can say that I was probably right there with you where I didn't have the, uh, obviously, as a man mm -hmm. of uh, the male persuasion, I should say, thank you for letting me know what your pronouns were. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that finds that finds Pamela Lee, Pamela Anderson, very attractive. I found her very attractive back then. That mm -hmm. was the draw to that tape. Oh my goodness. You get to see this, you know, this woman and her bare nakedness. I never watched it either though. That's the yeah. thing. Um, I mean, I, quick question. Like, I mean, we, we yeah. need to get into all of our perversions here, but I mean, I have seen well, her. I've got a list here somewhere. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have seen her pose naked, and I think it was, I guess it was Playboy. Well, probably. Um, so I think that was the other thing. It was just like, this isn't, I, I wasn't interested in Tommy's dick, and I've seen her naked already. I don't need to see them, you know, have sex. Right. So, right, right, right. Um, so just back to you, like that, that to me, like that was the like disinterest for me. It was like, meh. Well, I, I think even at, I I would say that I became aware of the tape itself. Pro, what they say it was ninety five when all this went uh, down. Yeah, it was ninety five when it was. I, I just thank you Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was stolen in nineteen ninety five. Widely distributed on the internet. Okay, so um, the okay. internet, the internet, you know, about about round in these parts here down in Ohio, <laughs> we, you know. I'm still on bulletin board systems probably around that time. Right. Barely well, getting you're on that prodigy, who, huh? <laughs> while the picture is loading so right. slowly, there ain't no way I'm getting into a video or ordering a video or doing right. anything like that. That's all that's all brand new to me. I would probably say around 97, 98, I may have heard about it. But yeah. again, it, it wasn't something that I went to find i didn't have the money to drop on it i wasn't going to drop any money yeah. on it even if i knew it was for sale so it was one of those things i also think i was pretty aware of the fact that this is this was something that you said you thought it was purposely released and i think i was there with you but for some reason i'm also thinking that at the time i was hearing the murmur about how it wasn't supposed to be out there this was something that was private yeah. uh so um yeah, there I, you go. Ronnie Adams tuning in here. <laughs> <laughs> Their internet was made up of strings and cups. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, Ron, Ronnie was like sitting there doing Morse code with a little <laughs> string and a string and a cup there. Every now and then they hear, suddenly hear in the back of their heads, <laughs> they wake up in the middle of the night screaming. Oh, so I, I, was, I was shocked, Alexis. Now, I, you are, you know, I think in your mid to late 30s, if I remember correctly, you're, I think, around my wife's age. 37. Uh, 37 yeah so um literally within a year or two of my wife just a little bit younger uh which means you you 
were considerably younger than us in the mid to late 90s. Um, I think yeah, 1995, 96, 97, when this is all taking place, I'm in college. So I'm 18, 19, 20. Jesse's around yeah, the same 95, age. I would have been 10 or 11. My point being, you know, I don't, how aware of this were you as a tween child? More to the point, what made you want to watch the show if, the, if, if this wasn't something contemporary to you at the time? Well, it wasn't, but, well, first of all, what caught my attention, I'm just going to go ahead and confess with Sebastian Stan. Okay. Big, <laughs> big fan of him. Have you seen him in Fresh yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I how, loved Fresh. How good is Fresh, right? I loved Fresh. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, was... if you get if you get a chance to hear Jason and I like gush about it, it's so good. It's one of the first times I've heard you do a spoiler warning. I don't think you've ever done a spoiler <laughs> warning ever. You, you in can't. The shows that I've you talked. can't not do a spoiler right, warning or dude. just not talk about that movie. Yeah. Right, go ahead. I know, right? Saying. Yeah. Yeah. Just oh my god. No, Andre and I lo loved loved Fresh. No, mm. I'm a huge fan of Sebastian Stan. Been a big fan of his for ages. I think he's an amazing actor. Okay. So what caught my attention was him being in it. Then what also caught my attention, weird as it sounds, was uh, Lily James, who I'm mm -hmm. not a particularly huge fan of, but uh, just I saw the trailer and I was blown away by the makeup. Yeah. Just I was like, yeah. that's the girl who played Cinderella in the live right. action adaptation. What the hell? Yeah. You know, and the more I watched the trailers, like this looks interesting. And yeah, I wanted to see it. I watched it with my wife and you know, on our Thursday date nights over the past couple of weeks. And both of us, that was the first reaction. was like, those can't be her real boobs. There's, that's got to be make makeup and, you know, all kinds of trickery going on. Because, no, I saw her in Cinderella. No, ma'am. <laughs> there's, some, there's some CGI going on here or something. There's some special really effects has, for sure. I would say it really has shown just how far we've come in makeup. I still remember... Yeah. Oh God, what was it? To uh, me, Moore had to get breast implants for striptease, and it was like right. this. If this, if Pam and Tommy had been made back in the day, yeah, they would have made Lily James get breast implants. It's like, no, that is all makeup. We saw her at the Oscars; she looks radically different. Normal, I guess. <laughs> well, normal for her. It was just like, yeah, I, I was watching that in my hotel. I'm like, I not still quite can't so voluptuous would be a nice way. Of not saying. as enhanced. <laughs> well, not just that. I mean, did you did you guys see here? She actually had to wear a prosthetic um, forehead to play. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't really? know that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Prosthetic forehead, the wig, mm -hmm. one, uh, blue eye contacts. Yeah. Just so much. I, I was remember looking at something like, if this doesn't at least win some awards for makeup, makeup I'm going to yeah. just be shocked. Wow. So spe specifically about the sex tape, though, when did you when were you aware of it? What did you think about it? Did you think about it? It was not really something that comes up in, you okay. know, when you're 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I get that. <laughs> but I, but I, yeah, I do remember thinking as a kid that it was released on purpose. I, I guess, mm -hmm. I don't know if that was just what I had been told or in my mind, I didn't understand why someone would steal and release it. Right. Being so, being so virtuous and innocent as I was. <laughs> I, right. My parents are former Catholics. I grew up in kind of a conservative house. <laughs> Understood. All right. So let's, I'm just going to come right out with the most obvious thing to talk about. Um, it's a very slow beginning. You know, you, you, you get to know Tommy and what a um, abusive asshole he can be. 
and you get to meet the construction guys that are working on his house that start off the whole thing about getting the tapes stolen and, and everything is just being set up and then they're going to go back and forth like a lot of modern television does we go forward in time we go to flashbacks you know different different perspectives are being shown over the course of eight to ten to twelve episodes but what everyone really wants to hear us talk about what came up in the chat and i think probably the most memorable thing about this show jesse is sebastian stan is tommy lee talking to his dick let's just get it out there let's just start off with this we can let's just you put did it on the see who, who voiced the dick right uh i don't i saw his name but i didn't recognize where he's from i, I don't remember the name what was the name of the Jake actor stuck I, I don't know he's shown up multiple times in our reviews mm -hmm. mark and we have joked it's like when you need a character or you need an actor to voice a total jerk Mm -hmm. You get this guy. He was in uh, season two of The Boys. Okay. Or not The Boys. No, he was in season one of Invincible. Okay. Oh, okay. And right. uh, he was, uh, when we did The Wonderful World and Mickey Mouse, he was that uh, snake agent in that okay. one. George Lee. Yeah, you, you get him when you need the voice of a jerk. <laughs> well, I don't he, know why. He seems perfectly nice in real life, but he just has this jerk voice. Well, he definitely played a jerk penis here. Jesse. I, <laughs> I will tell you. <laughs> That my wife was noped out at that point, and I had to drag her back. She, she tapped, I, huh? I said, "Please, just watch this with me, please." You must watch this talking penis, Mindy. You don't understand. I didn't nope out, but I was literally like, "Whoa, okay." Yeah. Wasn't expecting. I mean, it's like that is the reaction. Okay, that that's a thing. Here we're gonna tell this story. It's slightly feminist. It's just the history of porn. And oh, by the way, dick. You're like, whoa. Uh. You make so okay if you don't know what this is about, you make right. so many assumptions based off of what you're getting in that scene. You're like, is right. this the way this whole series is going to be? Does he talk to his dick? Does, does this am I going to have to see another <laughs> one know. of these scenes? Right? Is this going to be like a concert, like a Smeagol thing, where he's just constantly <laughs> <laughs> like he's going to oh, pounce on a hobbit or something? What's going to happen oh, here? Yeah, that is bad. It was really bad, and I yeah, I mean, I'm glad Mindy stuck with watching the rest uh, of the show because that that scene it unfortunately is it, it stands out amongst the rest of this series <laughs> but it is definitely not the like defining what the what this is about i mean this, it, it doesn't i i'm partially just to be funny but but there is something to the fact that it's so off of what the rest of the show is. Right. This dude. isn't mm -hmm. this yeah. isn't really, Alexis, a psychological examination of Tommy Lee. I think the show kind of points at from about 50 yards um the, the sexualization of women. And I, was, I was thinking about I'm gonna make a really funny comparison here, and you're gonna kind of you know, like like roll your eyes when I make this comparison, but I was thinking about Scarlet Witch's line in the trailer for Doctor Strange, where she's like, you break the rules and you're the hero. I break the rules and I'm the villain. This villain. doesn't seem fair. Seem fair. Right. And it's very similar to what Pamela Anderson says. It's just like, you are seen banging me on a boat and everyone goes, high five for banging the hot blonde. Those exact same people think I'm a whore now. Mm -hmm. I was in the same event that you were. And it does speak to the larger issue of perceptions of women and sex and virtue and all of that and i think it's a it's an it's a fun and interesting but odd place to have a discussion over how we treat women in sex in the sex tape show about about motley crew and baywatch star pamela anderson alexis absolutely i mean you get that scene where she's in baywatch and you have the directors literally 
going back and forth on how much of her ass they can show in her swimsuit. They are literally <laughs> measuring her wedgie. Mm. And there is truth to that, that there is so it's like so much skin will get you fined by the right. FCC. It's like there is a limit. There is like a mathematical equation on how much skin a woman can show. But it's so degrading that, yeah, there, yeah that's the name of the actor who uh, voiced the penis. Yes, and he was oh. in Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Pimento. Oh, yeah, now which now that he said that, I know who he's talking yep, about. Yep, mm -hmm. yep, yep. Pimento, all right. Yeah, and it really is horrible. I mean, you have the later scene with them in uh, the hotel, and yeah, he's downstairs at the bar getting high-fived and talking about how great it was for them. Right. Mm -hmm. And she has had her career just essentially flushed down the toilet. Right. It's, you know, Tommy goes through this after this whole thing starts, you know, his argument is I was there too. It's my body too. And it's, he's trying to sympathize with her, mm -hmm. but again, she's trying to say that that's, that's not true, Tommy, that things are different for me compared to you. And he, I think there's like maybe two or three situations where he's mm -hmm. trying to make this argument that it's my body too. I'm out there as well. And, and then finally, when he's that, in that bar scene that you're talking about, Alexis, when he's down there talking to those guys and he's kind of yucking it up, even after he got into a fight, like I think earlier with some dude about it, because he was more concerned about it being his wife, I think. Then he finally realizes that, oh, OK, yeah, it is different. Here I am doing exactly like she's saying, and I am the one getting the adulation. I'm the one getting the high fives. I'm the one getting the, you know, mad respect for doing what I was doing, even though. Meanwhile, you know, she's slut shamed. Exactly. She's in the mm -hmm. exact opposite uh, uh, situation that I'm in right now. She is not, it, it, you know, and she takes her body very, let's say very seriously. It, you know, it's, it's her body. It's, it's right. a private thing. It's a very private thing. Well, that is, it's an interesting thing because, and we're, we're going to jump all over the place for, you know, for people watching at home. We're not going through this episode by episode. We're just kind of having a general discussion about it but the, one of my favorite scenes of the entire show is the courtroom stuff and i like it oh, because yeah. the deposition yeah the deposition with her the guys um, asking those horribly uncomfortable invasive the, questions yeah because the implication is she made a conscious decision to pose nude in a widely read periodical filled with nude women pictures and because of that she has no right to privacy is mm -hmm. the is the implied statement she has no right to privacy her body is is public domain anytime you know her sex is any is public domain which is like it's an interesting thing to point out about our society because it's not something we talk about openly it, it's such a weird thing because like post-sexual revolution like we think we've come so far and there are certainly elements of our society that are very you know pro-sex sex positive etc but we saw this puritanical thing going on, and we definitely have uh, something like strains of our society that still see seek to keep women kept as if they're not sexual beings. And that's what the, the show was talking about, those scenes in particular. It is really hard. I think we've talked before about, you know, just the double standard from mm -hmm. men versus women and how insane it is. And this show really does highlight it. Yeah. Women... For some reason, it's like if you are viewed as sexy, then mm -hmm. that's all you are is a sex object. You are not right. a woman. 
you are there for sex. And if you are not viewed for sex, then you are a potential mother. You're a walking uterus. Right. And it's just women are finding it so hard to find to be both. It's like we can be sexy. We can enjoy Mm -hmm. sex. We can enjoy flaunting our bodies. But so many people look at something like this and they go, if you're willing to do, you know, it's like to show your body nude, then you must like being a sex object. You, you get a lot of that with the disposition. They and none of this happens saying- with, and none of this happens with guys who are just exactly. as likely to show off their bodies. I mean, you know, like, like Jesse and I like to do that. Like we are, we, we have very much, you know, muscular bathing suit yeah, bodies that we like yeah. to show off on TikTok. You got a whole one pack right here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I have a six pack in the fridge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but my point is like joking aside we don't do that to guys who behave in the exact same way if, if a woman behaves the man the way a man behaves there's negative reaction for the exactly. exact same behavior that men are applauded for and encouraged and no matter how many strides we make in dealing with uh sex and the sexes we keep kind of coming back to this as if we're very much uncomfortable with women as sexual beings, you know, and, and owning their sexuality. Well, and, and there's a lot of discussion about consent. You yeah. Know, she's, mm-hmm. she's posing in Playboy. She's giving consent mm-hmm. for other people to right. see these pictures of her. Not to mention the photographer. What Actually, this was one of my favorite parts of that was the photographer was saying, we'll go to you feel comfortable. Right. He never tells her, okay, now off with the bra. No, you have to show your boobs. He makes it clear when you want to stop, we'll stop. Right. And she does what she's comfortable with. And that's so important you to the dialogue. Up, you brought up consent and, and consent is a big, one of the big themes of this show. Uh, obviously no consent was given, but they, they outright state that. And not even from the perspective of Pam and Tommy, when uh, Seth Rogen's character, the carpenter, is trying to shop the tape around. What is every single one of the pornographers? Right, dude. Yeah, you like, got the release forms. You have releases. Well, no, get the fuck out of my office, then. I'm yeah. not. You know, because of this very same thing, um, I, 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 which I thought was interesting. I do want to talk a little bit about the Seth Rogen character. That and just we we can talk about this for a little bit in terms of plot and craft. So this whole thing is about revenge. That's an element of this story. He he's doing work on Tommy Lee's bedroom because Tommy Lee has sold X billion dollars worth of records from Motley Crue to Dr. Feelgood. By this point, he has the money, you know, he has the money to spend however way he wants. So if he asks for the bed to be one way and then he's like, do it the other way. And the guy's like, but that's going to be more, that's going to be more expensive, blah, blah, blah. And you Tommy haven't like, paid a cent yet. Right. right. Tommy's like, I don't care. I have the money. Do it. So, say, I think we've all had occasions where I know I don't know if you guys have done a lot of freelance work, but I think we've all had occasions where we're doing a job for somebody. It's like mm-hmm. you do realize if you want me to go any further, I need to see at least partial payment. Yeah. I, I, I'm a former free. I, well, I still do freelance work. But, yeah, I've had so many cases with graphic design where someone said, OK, I want this and this and this. And then they change their mind and say no. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you're still paying me for this. And then they throw a fit about how much I charge. So as you get to know Tommy at the beginning of the show, he's abusive to the guy. He's abusive. He's entitled. Um, and then, with a gun. Yeah. And then yeah. and then at the very end of this, he, he steals his tools and then doesn't pay him and throws them out. And so the whole break-in is just to get the tools back. He just happens to find the tape by accident. And then he sees what's on it, 
purely on a lark. And then he's like, I, and, and I want to get your opinion on this, Jesse. So the Seth Rogen character, who again is not a professional pornography maker, he just like he just stumbles upon right. his golden goose. And right. he's like, Well, my tools have been stolen. I have no money. I live check to check. Here's a tape of Tommy Lee's talking dick, you know, on a boat with Pamela Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do with this to try to make my, you know, to, to, to make some money and pay my bills? And I, I thought that was an interesting perspective that the show takes because there are it's very clear the show is cheering for Pamela Anderson. The perspective is this woman through this process was abused and taken advantage of. And this is a cautionary tale for women, especially about, you know, about how, how to treat yourself and how others will treat you in terms of sex. And then with the Seth Rogen character as sort of a, almost like a point of view character in this, you see it from both sides. Like, did he steal? Yes. Is he a putz? Sure. Was he wronged? That too. And so, he, you know, you can you can see it from both sides with him. And then Tommy Lee is just a dick through the whole thing. He's just right, terrible. Right, like, right, like right. if there's a villain in this whole thing, it's not the guy who stole the tape. It's Tommy Lee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he is <clears> the you know, he, he is the genesis of what happens here. <laughs> and with Rand, uh, which is Seth Rogen's character, you know, he's this this you're cheering for this guy. Yeah. At the beginning, you're like, you want him to get one over on Tommy Lee. Right. There's, you know, you want this to happen. You, you want him, but then you start to realize that, and of course, Rand realizes that he's not just hurting Tommy Lee in this. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, he's looking at it as a paycheck, but he's soon, you know, one of the cool like aspects I think of Rand's character is this whole, you know, new age belief that he has in karma and, and how things come around. When what, what goes around comes around, he thinks that's the whole reason he's going to get one over on Tommy Lee because right. he pulled a gun on him, made him pee his pants. All right. <laughs> he, he peed his pants and he's like, all right, it, it's on, buddy. I, I'm going to be your karma. I'm coming after coming after you. And then what he realizes is he, in turn, did something very wrong to somebody else. And it mm. wasn't his intention. And now yeah, as he, we as inadvertently hurts Pamela Anderson. Right. Which he didn't even think about in all of this. Didn't even think about it. He realizes that at the end, and he's very, very sure. Piper from fucking Orange is the New Black lays into him and he throws him <laughs> out of the apartment. Yeah. And she she plays a, a a porn actress and she's like, wait a minute, this tape you're you're the responsible for this tape. You hurt this poor woman. He's <laughs> like, yeah, and he's like all bragging about it at first, and then he's like, right. oh yeah, okay, all right, yeah, you got a point. Yeah, and um, she very explicitly says to him at the time, you talked about consent before, she's like, we all agreed to do this. We showed up. For, this is our job. We showed up for work. This is this woman's, like, private vacation tape. Right. Um, right. What did you think of Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee in this and how he is presented? Jesse and I are very much seeing him as the villain of this thing. Do you agree or disagree? Yes and no. Mm -hmm. He's clearly an airhead. He clearly doesn't think. Mm -hmm. And but he does go through a serious growth in this. All the everyone does. Mm -hmm. This is an amazing character study of multiple people. You really do see how they all evolve over just what is it, six episodes? Um, eight, six or eight. Six or eight. eight. It is eight episodes. Eight episodes. And yeah, what he does to Rand is horrible. And apparently the gun thing actually did happen that was real what a jerk yeah rand apparently did actually go back for his tools and tommy lee 
did threaten him with a gun, saying he was keeping the tools as collateral. And anyone can tell you, a decent toolbox of tools, that's expensive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those things cost an arm and a leg to have ones that will last multiple jobs like that. Right, Mm -hmm. right. That's your livelihood, too. Yeah. Yeah. But you also see a lot with how he's going through his own falls. And again, I'm not defending what he does throughout any of it, but it is very interesting that this is a guy who was on top of the world with Motley Crue, and he is dealing with the fact that his style of music and what he makes is gone. And that's actually part of what also intrigued me. Again, little too young to get into Motley Crue or anything, but I did come of age when grunge started taking over. Yeah. And you see those scenes with the grunge kids going to the music store and ignoring Motley Crue, and you All see right. their stuff getting replaced by Kurt Cobain and everything. That was what I did grow up with. Mm-hmm. And I did find it really interesting. Like, yep, th- I remember. I remember getting into grunge. I remember loving that style in the 90s. What so I really- Jesse, Robert, hang on, Jesse, Robert, and I did two shows, one on the Dirt soundtrack and then one on the Dirt movie. And it, I think in both cases- It was the Doit. The, the Doit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so when we talked the Doit, uh, Jesse, do you remember the story I told about when I read the book, the Doit? And um, mm. and they were talking about they were talking to John Karabi. So just to kind of set this up, what you're talking about, Alexis, and I actually think that's a great point that you brought up, is a little bit of the show deals with the death of '80s metal, and you know, and the rise of the Seattle sound, and how a lot of guys were still actively making music. Like, you know, uh, Doctor Feelgood is like the last great Motley Crue album right before the wave of the Seattle sound hits. And then their follow-up, you know, the band, I think, um, uh, what's his face? N- not Nikki Six, uh, the s- singer of Motley Crue, uh, leaves the band. They replace him with John Karabi. And in the book, when they, were, when they were working on the sessions for Generation Swine, I think it was, or Motley Crue South, I don't remember which one. They were like, John Karabi, sound like Pan- Phil Ensemble of Pantera and Pete Steele of Typo Negative. And John Karabi's like... No, that's impossible. Make up your <laughs> fucking minds. Like right. they were so it was it was illustrative of the fact that Motley Crue were flailing and trying to figure out what they were going to do in a world that was no longer accepting their music. You know, yeah. and how, how are they going to still remain relevant? Relative to the point of the show, Alexis, I do think that that's an interesting thing that in addition to you watch Tommy Lee's whole life just get shattered here. And over the course of eight episodes, and it doesn't seem like it at first because it's not like it's not like by the end of it he's he's on he's smoking dope on the corner in Baltimore, but you know his music career kind of explodes. His marriage to Pamela Anderson explodes. He's all anyone's talking about is him in the stupid sex tape and the size of his dick, and then and that's kind of all he's been reduced to. And I do think that if you're if you're asking me, don't we feel just a little bit sorry for Tommy? He got he was a victim in all of this too. I suppose, but does that, and I'll pitch it back to you, Alexis, does that outweigh all the wrong he does to both Pamela and Rand throughout the course of eight episodes? No, it doesn't. But it makes for a more interesting story. Sure. Again, he's not, he is the villain, he's a villain, mm-hmm. but he is not a 100% evil, evil villain. Like I said, I like this story arc of watching. Even though he's a jerk, I do like watching the story of him trying to deal with everything else that's falling around him. And yeah, he doesn't react to it that well. Mm-hmm. You know, you get so many scenes of him throwing fits, demanding that they sue, not listening to his wife. 
you get the whole thing uh, with um, Penthouse Magazine, mm-hmm. and the lawyer says they should sue, and Pamela is the, the, the smart one here, and she says, if we sue, it's just going to be incentive for them to keep moving. It's like, right. you, you're just baiting the attack dog. This yeah. is a mistake. We need to walk away and let this die out. And Tommy doesn't listen to her, and the lawyers don't listen to her. And guess what? She's right. Before thing, we go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jesse. No, I was just going to say one thing I really enjoyed about the if we're going to say one thing good about the Tommy Lee character, uh, it in this story, their marriage what they meet and are married within a week is that what happens is it within days after they meet each other pam and yeah Tommy? yeah like he sees her in a club and it's like smitten and then it's just downhill from there and, well well and then, well i i kind of thought the same that's what i originally thought i was like oh man they're gonna they're gonna get married and then they're we're just gonna watch this marriage just be destroyed but that's not really what you get what you get mm-hmm. is you get tommy lee who yeah he's way out there he's aggressive he's he's a jerk whatever but he really loves Pamela. Yeah. You can tell that he loves her and he's got a bad way of showing that and he can't control his emotions well, a lot of the sweet. time. Well, let's be fair to him though. He is sweet to her in the beginning. He is as romantic as, as, as one could say they, they are. Right. I this. really like that scene where he cooks her the traditional Greek dinner yeah. and tells yeah. her about his family. That was a good scene. She comes, she comes home at one point and, you know, she's had a really rough day and he's just mm-hmm. trying to she's he's trying to please her. Right. I and all of this, all of this uh that is happening, this war that he's having with Rand too, that that meeting where they have the chain link fence in between. Damn I, it, I was gonna bring that up next. It's like my favorite scene in the whole show. Yeah, he he is gonna kick his ass, mm-hmm. but he and the only reason he's gonna do that is because he loves Pamela that much. And what he's mm-hmm. done to Pamela, I, I believe it, it honestly affected him that much because mm-hmm. of how much he loved Pamela. So I, I had no problem believing that there was a love story here, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's all around this insanity around this sex tape. It is thought- a really great bit of dialogue. There's like, mm-hmm. maybe I was an asshole. Maybe I did deserve this, but did she? Right. And I yes. love that. Again, you get that, that you get kind of, a, again, Tommy is not completely blame. He's not blame free and he doesn't get out completely unscathed but he does have an awakening of realizing yeah i did screw up but my screw-ups have hurt the woman i love well you know both him and Rand, and a lot of the show deals with this like did anyone think about pamela in all of this and it goes back to what we started with in this discussion no because she posed she because she showed her text in a magazine so it doesn't matter what we do to her And, and isn't that how we think about women in this country it's like if you god forbid you're overtly sexual you deserve what you you get what you deserve whatever that how may many be. how many times through this series do you see that question be applicable where somebody needs to give some thought to what pam has to say but nobody right. does there the there's thing, the, the other thing about ahead. it is like it, a lot of what comes up through each in successive episodes is like this is around the tire of barbed wire, which bombs. We also reviewed here by Sean and I on On Trial. It's check not out good. the comic, <laughs> check out the Source Material Comics podcast where we did talk about the comic right. it was based on. That's right, which was decent. But she, she act- goes on. She hang on. She goes on different like 
Um, who know who knows how much better Pam's career would have been had none of this happened. But it's certainly the story that they're telling is she was already behind the eight ball with a lot of these um, auditions that she goes on because uh, because like nobody nobody wants her. Like now you're just sex tape girl, and she's like, I am trying desperately to not be Baywatch girl, and in, and, and now I'm and now it's even worse. Now I'm sex tape girl, and nobody wants me on their show. And it's not even about how bad or good of an actress she is. She's just been reduced to Barbie doll. It really does suck because you see that Pamela wants to be an actress. She doesn't want to be a walking sex figure. You know, she's never wanted that. She mm-hmm. she wants, she loves being a model. She loves, you know, that kind of stuff. But she doesn't want to be just sexy. You know, you see mm-hmm. how destroyed she is even early on before she finds out about the sex tape, she has that uh, big uh, monologue yeah, in Baywatch. That they cut because she can't act, according to Yeah, them. and you, we could stay here for days arguing whether or not Pamela Anderson can act or not. But you, know, she really thought uh, Barb mm-hmm. Wire was going to be a jumping right. point for her. She really thought it was going to launch her in, out in her, of being a sex symbol. Right. In her defense, it's a comic book movie starring a big boob act, you know, action woman. I mean, recipe for success. I, you know, it, it had it had everything going in its favor until it actually, until as Bruce Pritchard would say, until they until the bell rang and the match started. Yeah, but stripperella. <laughs> yep. I actually okay. So my Andre had never actually seen Barb Wire when mm-hmm. we were watching the series. So I didn't I didn't show him the movie. I showed him a uh, critic's retrospective mm-hmm. on that, and he saw Tamara Morrison was mm-hmm. in that, and he, and I was like, "Hey, look, it's Boba Fett!" And of course, at the same time, we're watching Book of Boba Fett, and he looks at me and he goes, "How did his career survive this?" <laughs> Listen, if Antonio Banderas was in quite possibly the worst movie ever made in modern cinema, X versus Sever, uh, uh, whatever. Ballistic the- X versus. Ballist- oh my. God, another one we reviewed here on the Rattle of the Broadcasting Network. Hey, I have speaking- never met a person who willingly watched that movie. Seriously, the only people who admit who have watched that movie, they watched it for a review. No one has willingly wanted to sit down and watch it. Well, if you want to write a movie as bad as Ballistic X versus Ever, you should check out Grammarly. For you <laughs> listeners of TV Party Tonight, if only Grammarly was around then. <laughs> if only Grammarly was around then. Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI powered products help people communicate. communicate. More effectively, unlike I just did, Grammarly helps write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, answers, and silent movements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right, we're more than halfway through this. Can we talk about porn now? Let's talk about porn. Jesse, you ready to talk about porn? I hear the internet is for porn. It is for porn. Um... It is amazing to me how much. Let's not. We've already got enough copyright strikes. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about how, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And, you know, I, I was thinking about the deuce. And back in the day, Alexis, you and your friends might gather. At, at a theater or you might get a reel-to-reel projection uh player oh, and boy. you would get a stag reel you know mm-hmm. stag reel and you would and you would watch these finely 
uh, cut together and produced pornographic films with your buddies like you would, Alexis. And um, <laughs> and then VHS comes about, right? And, v and VHS players are invented and are now at a price point to where the average person can get them. Changes the business forever. Oh, yeah. Like, that is the story. And we'll talk about it in a few months to come. Uh, the D David Simon show, The Deuce. But that's what that show was about. It was about how uh, Midtown Manhattan was overrun with prostitutes and how like there was an effort to get the prostitutes off the street into the parlors or into porn, which was like burgeoning at the time. And then here we are, point being, in the, in the mid to late 90s, the Internet's a thing now. Well, what are we supposed to do with this Internet? Why do I have this in my house? Like, you know, why, why do I have to hear this dial-up tone? What's an AOL disc? Why do they keep sending me 50,000 AOL discs? Well, as it turns out, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great distribution model for porn, Jesse. And, mm, and, surprise! And I, and I didn't know this at the time, but it is interesting to think about and at least have a thought exercise for the purposes of this discussion, how much this tape became sort of the impetus for right dude. we should put porn on the internet and people will pay for it right and mm -hmm. years later Pornhub bought disney wait i'm projecting into the future again um <laughs> <laughs> anyway your thoughts sir about how that is brought how they deal with it in the show because there's a character who plays like an internet guy and he's trying to get um, footage, he's trying to get ownership of the footage so that he can put it on the website and make money with it. And of course, Rand doesn't see the forest for the trees. He's like, no, VHS is how you do porn. That's how it's always been done, except that it wasn't always how it was done. Um, you know, misses an opportunity to see the future. So what did yeah. you think of all that? I thought it was great. I And I thought oh, it was yeah. a very interesting thing. Among all the things we're talking about with this show, also the history of porn, which I thought right. was fantastic. Right, dude. I mean, it... <sighs> It has to happen, obviously, just based upon the uh, content of the tape. Um, that has to be discussed because it completely threw the pornography industry into a whole new era. Mm -hmm. An absolutely brand spanking new, and I say spanking new. Take my hand, Jesse. Take my All hand. Right. Let's take my hand. Let's go over the pronunciation bridge into the video stores of yore. Before Blockbuster, oh, okay. before right. USA Video, remember when we would go into the mom and pop the video? Mom store? and pops, buddy. We would, yeah. we would walk past Batman There's 89. I yep. see it back there. There it is. I... Little, little, <laughs> little bar doors and everything. And you're like, oh, vagina. Right. You know, there was a that? DVD, there was a movie rental store in my college town that's, uh, still had the back room yeah yeah, yeah that's what no we're one about. under 18 allowed there was always yeah. a curtain no, I like there the owner or of bar that doors. Shop. she was cool um <laughs> my point being is like if you you know if, if if alexis needs to leave her home at night and buy porn like she does she has to go to the <laughs> store with her trench coat on and her fedora and she's like and she has to kind of sneak into the back room oh, yeah. you know and get her selection oh and God. put her shame on the table pay her money and walk out the door again and now imagine you don't have to do who hasn't been in that situation at 2 a.m on a sunday right. exactly <laughs> who hasn't had to wear their trench coat and fedora to go rent porn my point is imagine imagine a world where you don't have to leave your house anymore and that is the point that the right, show is man up. it was it was there was this thing, Pam and Tommy sex tape, and it was available for every schmuck to just sit and spend ninety, you know, ninety hours downloading onto their onto their computers through dial-up. 
Yeah. And anyone it made else remember billions to, of dollars? Yeah. I, I mean, say, anyone I, else remember leaving your thing on to download and just walking away for a couple hours and praying to God your <laughs> computer didn't crash while you were gone? I, I wasn't going to uh, tell this story, just, just but it, on me, so I will. Oh. Um, I, re- <laughs> oh. I remember in the early days of dial-up of dial-up internet. And you would exchange, you know, like you'd be on like a porn exchange and like people would send you pictures and you never knew what you were going to get. It was like an Easter egg, um, wow. <laughs> you know, or a Cracker Jack box. And it was always like, oh, blonde hair. <laughs> oh, she's pretty. <laughs> oh, boobies. Uh, Is that a wine bottle in her twat? <laughs> uh, <You know? laughs> All right. Well, now we're not getting any ads on this thing, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> True fucking story, man. I'm like, delete, delete, delete. Uh, Mark, where are your kids? Asleep. Dead asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they will not be watching this review. I can tell you that much. Sorry, you're the one who just yelled wine bottle in her twat. And I'm allowed to ask, where are the children? It wouldn't be the first time I've yelled that out in this house. It won't be the last. I don't Uh, know how many times we can consecutively get flagged for nudity without having nudity on YouTube. I don't understand. TikTok <laughs> at 44 minutes. Got it. Uh, but I'm, sure. I'm titling this I clip mean... on wine bottles in her twat. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the internet, go. Yeah, well, I was going to say, his, it, it, obviously, Rand's original idea for the business model was to put this up on the internet. You could right. order online because that's right. that's what happened. He's like, well, he needs a plumbing part, right? And he calls yeah. up and he's like, oh, the only one place has it and he can order it online. He's like, well, this is a great idea. I can make money. Uh, mm. So, <laughs> I mean, like I said, it, it then snowballs. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that we're not only talking about like porn here. We're also talking about like copyright issues, right? <laughs> where the, he has issues with the fact that somebody's took his. Yes, page. I I love that scene where he goes after the guy who's also selling it in the right. parking lot. And he's like, "That's not the real copy." And, he, and it's just like, "How do you, you mad, know, you mad right. bro?" That's he's, so good. Yeah, he's like, "You did this. You started this, man. You are doing this." And uh, I mean, it's it's great. It's a it's. It's a fun nostalgic thing too to watch mm. everybody be like, "What the hell's the internet? How? <laughs> and, what? You know?" It, it, Watching it, Pamela and Tommy go to a cyber cafe. I want to know who was on the other end of the, the line. I assume it was another member of Motley Crew that was basically tech support for Tommy to hook up his modem <laughs> in the show. And I'm like, "Who is that guy?" Because I want to know who it is. Nikki, it's me, Tommy. <laughs> okay, well, first you put your dick away, Tommy. Modem. I'm not. I'm not talking with you with your dick out. Yes, Nikki, my dick's away. Listen, if you could stop summoning Satan for just a yeah, minute. Yeah, just a second, you, okay? Could you help me with my modem, Nikki? Yeah. yeah, it's like, how many times do I have to tell you? Every time you try to pick up the phone, it'll disconnect. Stop calling me. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I you know, it, it was fun, nostalgic piece. Plus, you had, there was, a, it is a really significant moment in mm. internet history yeah uh, for this tape to exist and what happened to it so i think it had to go hand in hand with the story that was being told uh it just had to be there it was, it was a neat backdrop piece too so as a kid i was a big you know first you, you guys already know i'm a huge fan of stand-up comedy my mount rushmore is like you know richard Pryor, uh sam kennison 
Andrew Dice Clay. That's why I'm bringing this up. Ah, so, yeah, 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 buddy. Andrew Dice Clay, <laughs> little younger, John Mulaney, Christopher Titus, and Patton Oswald. Yes, you child. Um, um, Bill Cosby. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, I conveniently <laughs> left him off of Mount Rushmore. <laughs> uh, Red Fox, got it. Um, <laughs> can we turn Bill Cosby into Red Fox? We certainly can, Ollie. Um, <laughs> Anywho, uh, but I'm a, I was a huge fan growing up of Andrew Dice Clay. I loved his dirty nursery rhymes. He still every time I see him show up in something. So like he was in vinyl on HBO for that the one season that that existed, and I was like, oh, it's Andrew Dice Clay. So every time he shows up, I get like a little, it's my childhood hero, and he's in this as like the mob guy, and he's so good, Jesse. Oh yeah, Fucking Andrew yeah. Dice Clay rocks in this show. Yeah, and, and it's funny because I didn't recognize. Look, I know who Andrew Dice Clay is. I have mm -hmm. no idea that was him until mm -hmm. I was reading like the cast tonight. And I was like, wait a minute. And I knew you'd be all over it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And he was good, too. I mean, he was like the like laid back mob dude. Mm -hmm. He certainly wasn't Andrew Dice Clay, like up in your face. Alexis, like what did you think of the cherry torture scene where he's like making him eat the bowl of like vodka infused <laughs> of uh, vodka infused cherries and whatnot? It's, that's such a good scene. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, now, again, too young. I really don't know much mm -hmm. about Andrew Dice Clay. Okay, you want to know what my introduction to Andrew Dice Clay was? A parody episode of uh, Tiny Toon Adventures, where there is a <laughs> oh, giant... Okay. There, they, they have this episode where Babs wants to be a stand-up comedian, and she's got to go last after all these other comedians. One is clearly Andrew Dice Clay. It's a giant mm -hmm. roach wearing the, the studded leather jacket... And but the joke is that uh, all he says is beep beep. It's because it's being censored. Peeling, you see Buster, Plucky, and Hampton in the front, just going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> dickery, dickery, doc. Um. Anyway, uh, the, hey. let me go over to you, Alexis. We've uh, kind of been batting this around. What else did you want to talk about with this show? What's on your mind? I'm trying to think, because like so, we really have covered a lot about it. Mm -hmm. The you know, the wanton sexuality of Pamela Anderson, for <laughs> lack of better terms. It really is interesting to see the growth of the internet through this and just, just the growth, I guess, of porn, mm -hmm. for lack of better words. Just because, yeah, you see the, them burning, you see the other guy. Again, I love that scene in the parking lot when he's yelling at the dude who's also selling the tapes. Mm -hmm. I'm saying they're going, well you have an argument his tape probably is lower quality when you make a copy of a copy it obviously yeah. sucks i'll ask you this one what did you know towards the end of this show joe rogan's working for andrew dice clay he's trying to pay back the money that he owes him that got the whole operation started and he starts talking of you know joe rogan's character starts talking about how he can't sleep at you know night. it's seth rogan right well, joe care? rogan i don't know how that would <laughs> be pulled off but all right we'll go seth rogan it. whatever um <laughs> joe rogan you. basically joe rogan just issued an ultimatum to spotify if they threaten to censor him he's quitting oh Good really mm -hmm. um very most middle-aged white men will be very sad if that happens listen um seth rogan i i wanted to get your craft review of like his performance in the second half of the show where he's sort of unraveling as he's trying to make all this money back and he's he's just getting it from all sides like, like like he really thought he was doing an okay thing and he just didn't think about the consequences and now he's like having to beat people up in their apartments for money and like he, he was just a carpenter he was just a dude and now he's become all of these negative things yeah has to beat up the google as a guy person 
you ever seen the videos if Google was a guy? Yeah. Yeah, that it's same guy. <laughs> yeah, character actor. He's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, we talked a lot about was Tommy the villain, and we look at so much of what Rand does. And looking back on it, a lot of times Andre and I found ourselves just kind of yelling at the screen, Well, what did you think would happen? Right. Clearly you know? he didn't. Yeah, and part of it is like, did he think that the tape would get easily copied? It's like, yeah, we're all yelling. It's like, duh, how, why did you not think somebody else would copy it? Well, I don't. I, let, let but me again, it's like, is the other it, side of that. How many people are, are, are seriously giving thoughtful uh, thinking about copyright law? Well, see, and what, that's and what protects it. Again, that's kind of the interesting thing looking at that time period because now we have a serious problem with, you know, pirated media. Yeah. Not, not pointing fingers at who may or may not have gotten some of us some pirated comic books so we could do reviews. <laughs> but that is something that has never really been thought of, hadn't really been thought about. It wasn't a big thing. Now, again, and again, you have to kind of put yourself in the mindset of that time. Nowadays, yeah, duh, we know this stuff is going to get copied and put out to a million servers in no time at all. If, if some, we always talk about it's like if something gets on the internet, congratulations, you're never getting it off. This was not a mindset they had back in the day. Right, right. You know, they didn't realize that one, there was no concept of the idea of opening Pandora's box, if you will. Yeah, I mean, people just didn't didn't see the future coming at them. Like you, you who would you know? Again, Seth Rogen, Seth Rogen doesn't own the material, so when people are copying it, he has no leg to stand on to, to for legal recourse. But that is the whole point of copyright infringement. You know, if you look at like what China does, right? China steals American stuff all the time and throws a new label on it. Like in Disney, I, I remember reading about Disney being in constant fights with China. Like they want they they want to have that market because it, you know. It, Stuff that hits in China makes a billion dollars. On the other hand, country most responsible for stealing Disney shit. And it's like, well, what do we do? You know, go ahead, Jesse. You wanted to jump in. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, it, it was it was in such uh, an early era of the Internet. Uh, also how it was going to just the amount of users was just going to continue to increase and increase and increase because more people were going to have the opportunity to get uh, dial up or easier access to the internet. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a combination of like this thing is on there. More people are going to have access to it. It's going to start, getting more and more press and it's interesting to see how people were kind of shutting this down especially the, the comedians the, the guys sitting around the writing table at jay leno and initially mm -hmm. like oh a sex tape whatever we're not going to pay attention to it and then things start happening uh, and it's basically because the internet's involved people mm -hmm. are watching this tape or ever watching hearing about it online or whatever and then uh, then it becomes a media firestorm more people find out about it as soon as the media gets a hold of it and start putting their stamp on it and then it just continues to grow so it's a it's a very poignant piece in showing you how powerful the internet was becoming mm -hmm. and it's still a, a powerful thing so one, um, one thing i wanted to bring up really quick is the effect that the pam and tommy tape had on the culture in terms of people seeing it and reacting to it and thinking well yeah, Pamela Anderson was already a star. She was already on Baywatch when this all happened. He was already he had already been in like Motley Crew for ten years, I think it was when uh, when this all happened. I think probably longer. Mm -hmm. But 
the perception for a lot of people might have been, hey, if I put myself out there in a sexual way, maybe I can be a you know welcome to TikTok. Too. I you beat me to it, but I was thinking about this, <laughs> and and I, and I just want to throw this nightmare at you, Jesse. I don't know if you've had to how much no. you've had to deal with this second and third hand. To. I know not first hand, or you would have told me by now. But I was uh, hearing a story. I, you know, obviously I can't I can't say names, but people I know were talking about their junior high children. I want to stress this: junior high. And they were talking about having to take away their social media from their junior high children because their junior high children were getting Snapchat videos from other junior high children in various stages of undress. Like these people won't say if it's a boy or a girl, it doesn't really matter. But these junior high children were conducting like group chats and sending out Snapchat videos of them in various stages of undress to other classmates. This and, and why are they not technically distributing child porn? This sure is, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, this just happened, I think, okay. within the past two or three weeks at the school that my daughter goes to. So there were some kids that, mm -hmm. and it was a good bit of them, who mm -hmm. they found out that this was happening. The authorities got involved. And yeah, it, you know, now it's weird because... <sighs> Yeah, there's that star factor that Pam mm -hmm. and Tommy have, and everybody wants to see that. And I think right. there, this whole series is about them not embracing that at all. Right. But boy, have things changed when it comes to our culture now. That is embraced. That's the thing. Like she, she actively fights against it, but it's like nobody's interested in what Pam's story is. No, no one, no one no. cares. No one cares about Pam's perspective or how this affected her mental health. Um, how traumatizing it was, what it says about the treatment of women in society and culture at large. No one gave a shit. The, right. the message they got from the Pam and Tommy tape is put my tits and ass on the internet and I'll be famous. And like, and, and, how do you miss the point entirely and yeah, get the wrong I, message? I mean, it, that's what makes this series so mm -hmm. complex and yeah and i i think it's very it's a good eight episode series in my opinion mm -hmm. as funny as it is there there's also some other concerns about how we're revisiting this and talking mm -hmm. about it again might be right. you know re-traumatizing that's mm -hmm. the word i pulled off of a review re-traumatizing <laughs> i was like man sure. that is you know that's a good that's a good uh, thought to put in your head about this series but uh, again these people think that because this has happened and now they have the uh, the opportunity now that's the opportunity they have the means to to put this stuff out maybe they'll become famous too maybe right. they'll become as loved uh, loved as much i don't know but mm -hmm. i mean uh, i don't know you know i, I just know we're, when not, we're not here to, to solve the problem i'm merely yeah. pointing out the fact that this is a show with a very clear perspective what they did what Rand did for whatever his reasons were to Pam and Tommy was wrong. And the real victim of this was Pamela Anderson. But by the same token, no one cares. Right. No one cares I, what happened to this. I'm like, you watch the show and you feel bad for her. And you're like, and, I, and then you feel bad that you didn't feel bad the first time it actually happened. But more to the point, and this is the point that I'm raising, how much of our society like missed the point of this show and is just very much focused on, oh, isn't it? Isn't isn't it fun to put yourself out there that way? And maybe you know, maybe fame and notoriety will occur because of it. Go ahead, Alexis. 
I think there's also an argument about the idea of shame versus placing the blame where it rightfully belongs. Mm -hmm. Again, we talk about how Pamela is treated that because she posts for Playboy, because she made a sex tape, mm -hmm. she has no right to fight it. The, and I, I think back to when I was in high school and college. We were told mm -hmm. about be careful with what you put on the Internet. We were shown articles of uh, people, mostly girls. Mm -hmm. who had taken very risque pictures and somehow they'd ended up online, you know, and then a future employer found them when they did a Google search for any, you know, information. And then you, you think about, um, it was a couple of years ago, there was a big scandal. A lot of celebrities had, uh, their, the cloud was wow. broken into. That was the, uh, and, I remember what it was called. <laughs> Yeah, and, <laughs> and a lot of celebrities had their there was a lot of private pictures right. that were put online. Oh my god, what's the name of the girl who played Mystique in the X Men movie? She had a uh, Rebecca Remain Stamos. No, uh, Jennifer the Lawrence. One. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, Jennifer she Lawrence. had these private photos. They weren't meant to be shared with anyone, but they were hacked through the cloud. Right, and the Mark's, Mark's looking them up right now. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> You'll never know. Wine bottle in a. <laughs> oh, no, that I got. I got plenty of those. Uh... Well, anyway, it reminds me that so many people saw that and the reaction wasn't theft is wrong. That I can't believe someone would steal it. It was, well, they shouldn't have, you know, taken yes, that stuff. They shouldn't have right. shot those pictures. Right. And it's very scary. N not mm -hmm. just the, the idea someone could steal and put it on there. But the fact is that you could make something like that totally private, as is your right. You should, you know, you have every right to make something like that for yourself, for your spouse, for whoever. Mm -hmm. But if that gets leaked and gets online, they're not going to. No one's going to blame the person who no leaked backs, it. But only They're going to the blame women. you. But only to the women, because if Jesse, as he often does, puts his dick out on the internet, you know, it, you know maybe there's a conversation yeah. about, like, do you know your dick's on the internet? Yes. All right, Jesse. Back to the spreadsheets with you. You know, <laughs> there he goes. But, uh, but to, to, that's the, I think, the point that you're driving at is that when women do stuff like that, it's like, hey, 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 hey. Get that shit off the internet. What's wrong with you? Jesse does it. It's like, all right. I mean, who, who, whose dick isn't on the internet these days? But yeah, if I were to make a sexy video from my husband mm -hmm. and somehow it got leaked, yeah, no, you know, if somebody hacked my computer, I, I my pro, my Facebook profile and everything got hacked over Christmas, and I had someone trying to steal uh, money through my eBay and Etsy and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, they could if, if I had something private on one of those files, they could have gotten that. And if that had right. gotten out, no one would be saying, oh, ho, Alexis, how horrible that somebody stole that from you that you got hacked. I would be shamed. Yeah. I would have people shaming me saying, how could you do, you know, make something like that? Yeah, right. Why were you, why, why were you recording yourself in any kind of a sexual way as if you're not a person? Exactly. <laughs> as if sex is somehow an unnatural witchery. Which is, which is the like the I said, you're either a sex object or you're yeah. a mother. You are yeah. you can't be both. You cannot be. Right. This is why so many actresses, when they show nudity early on in their films, mm -hmm. or they play very slutty, sexy characters very early on in their films, it tends to, you know, they get pigeonholed into right. that role. And you know who that didn't happen to? People like Sylvester Stallone, who also I think like did porn or something. Yeah, the Italian stallion, right? Right. And you know, meanwhile, he goes on to do Rocky and Rambo, and you know, has multiple Oscar nominations. Right. You is know, the and Italian does anyone the name of the porn? 
Yeah. I hope so. Um, it is. That's why I said it. <laughs> I had a feeling. I didn't know, but I just wanted to make sure. I know. Did Alex. you really think I was making a random rock? No, I was like, <laughs> I've I've heard of him being referred to as that, and now all of a sudden, right I'm here, we're April seventh. I realized that there is a porn that has Sylvester Stallone in it called The Italian. Style I'm going to need you to no get idea. that porn off your shelf, Alexis, and show it to Jesse. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. <clears throat> Anything else about Pam and Tommy? Because I, I, the only thing. I have to say about it is I very much enjoyed the show. I think Lily, Lily James did an excellent job as Pam. The um, they show it at the beginning and then they show it at the end, her on the Jay Leno show. And it looks like she's her, her fucking head's about to fall off. You know, I, I kept waiting for her to pull a Joaquin Phoenix and just shoot him, um, you know, Joker style. But, I will uh, also say this again. I applaud the makeup, but whoever did mm -hmm. the makeup on the Jay Leno actor, yeah, that well, was pretty lacking. Yeah, they, they, by that point, they just gave up. Um, but yeah, everybody in this, I think, is, does a great job of acting. I think it's, a, I think it's a great conversation piece. In 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 some ways, it's a bit slight. Like that first episode really drags. Like on the one hand, you get a good sense of who Tommy Lee is and who Rand is, and they're going to be the two pillars holding up the show. Um, but also it was kind of a drag to get through. Like, I feel like you could have done this in probably four to six episodes and it didn't need the full eight and that there's a lot of filler here, but it's, I think it's mostly, I think it's mostly well done. It's definitely well acted, but I think the most important aspect, Jesse, to this show is that what a conversation piece it is. Like sometimes we do these TV parties like book of Boba Fett and I'm like, are we done? Please tell me we're done. Are we done talking about this stupid fucking show now? Can I go to bed? And Maybe then Yoda. <laughs> Could be worse. I actually talked Book of Boba Fett and somebody hadn't watched The Mandalorian. So they had no idea what we were talking about with well, the Grogu. You know, it's the kind, Grogu. Alexis, you and I had a conversation a few years ago and, and we got, got into a debate about like The Mandalorian versus Watchmen. And I was like, The Mandalorian is, it's fine. It's a nice show. It's just slight. There's not much to it. And, you know, as opposed to something like The Watchmen, which is a great, thick, wonderful conversation mm -hmm. piece. Kind Absolutely. of the same thing here where I, I Pamela, Pam and Tommy, I think this I think in terms of subject matter is very hefty. It doesn't seem like so because like it's about the story of a sex tape. But then you really dig into it and there's so much to talk about here. Like I'm limiting the discussion to about an hour ish. Like we're going to close up shortly. But we could do another hour on on so many aspects of this show that we didn't even begin to touch on. So. Uh, I think it's worth a watch. I think for people who, um, you know, you're looking for something new to watch and, you know, and an interesting story, you can get past the first episode or two. It you really can get does past take... the talking dick. I mean, the talking dick's the best part. Oh. But um, <laughs> I think it's a worthy show to watch. Uh, Jesse and then Alexis, last words, go. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I would say absolutely well acted. You you mentioned that, mm -hmm. and I think that's superbly on point. Um my i have a few favorite moments uh specifically when rand makes the decision to give the money to his ex-wife soon mm -hmm. to be ex-wife for the divorce instead of saving his own ass like the 10 mm -hmm. grand that would get him out of debt from andrew dice clay's mobster character instead he takes mm -hmm. that money and gives it to his soon to be ex-wife for to, to cover the divorce hyper from orange is the new black right so <laughs> I, I really like that. Um, I will say I expected, I didn't expect the love story. 
I was mm-hmm. expecting more Tommy Lee beating on Pamela Anderson. I, that's all I you saw in the that, news, right? There, there was right. a he- headline, pa- Tommy loves Pam so much. No, right. it was Tommy punches <laughs> Pam so much. I, that doesn't really, I mean, you see his erratic behavior, but mm-hmm. you don't really get the sense until like, I think that final episode where he's tr- she's trying to make him sign that paper mm-hmm. and he he's really just, blows up, but he doesn't. He's destroying that, their living room, just throwing right. all the furniture. I think she's got, I mean, he may have uh, like put his hands on her and she was like, you're hurting me. And he was very sorry about it, but you don't get him beating the crap out of her or anything like yeah. that. So that's, that's what I was expecting. And that's not what we got. And I, I, I really like that, but all in all, yeah, I was really pleased with the show. I had a good time. Uh, there was, it, it was disjointed in some places, but I was along for the ride. So I, I had a fun time. All right. Take me home, Alexis. One of the things that I really love so much about this show was that there's a different, something different that you can focus on no matter what. You have the whirlwind romance between Pam and Tommy. You have the shame of a woman daring to, you know, be sexual, like we've talked about. You have the sudden, you know, explosion of the internet. You have the development of porn. You have these characters like Rand who realizes far too late that he has bitten off more than he can chew and that he has destroyed a not well multiple lives he really has the, the idea that he did not think this through and maybe he couldn't think this through. maybe this is not something he ever could have predicted but there is something for everyone there are multiple aspects to this story and it's very fascinating to see them all intertwine all right, folks, that is our discussion of Pam, Tommy, the Internet, and wine bottles in the twat. Um, I hope you... <laughs> I hope you would, but we covered a lot of ground tonight. I think this was yes, a very we did, didn't this we? Is a, a Some very, we would this rather is a, not have covered. This is going to be fun the first time one of us makes this joke about it in the network. Chad and Pat and all of them are going, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no, they know it's me. There'll be no there'll be no what about it. They'll be like, oh, Mark, Mark, Mark had another sex talk. Um, anyway... Thank you for joining us on our review of Pam and Tommy. That closes up the week of podcast here. Uh, we did we did a lot of wrestling, did a little bit of Morbius, some baseball. Uh, next week, we've got, um, on Monday, we've got uh, Ronnie Adams currently in our chat tonight. Thank you uh, for hanging out with us tonight, Ronnie. Uh, we will be reviewing Ambulance. Uh, just We'll be doing a separate Damn You Hollywood for that. And then Alexis and Ambulance. You're going to go to Wambulance. Alexis and Robert will be joining me to review Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, Jesse and I will be doing a starting a TV party series uh, called uh, From the Corner to the Deuce, the collected works of David Simon. And we'll be starting with Homicide Season 5. Um, as just one wait till first. we get to the wire, and Mark is just going to be a giddy little schoolgirl bouncing up, up and down yeah. in his chair, giggling. I will be out of control. Uh, I will be acting it out. Uh, on, on. <laughs> we, I, I only had the one conversation with Robert a few years ago. We did, and everyone loves a bad guy on the wire. So I've never actually officially reviewed it, like episode by um, series by season by season, rather. Anyway, uh, a season of television for the next two, three years, going through all the collected works of David Simon that he produced and was a major contributor. Contributor to so homicide the corner the wire generation kill show me a hero treme all of that one by one so looking forward to that kicking that off with homicide season five um and then on thursday uh alexis and i will be reviewing resident alien hey alexis i started that today alan tudyk is hilarious that's all i'll say 
I've only gotten one episode and then I got caught mm-hmm. up working on a handful of things, but I've a week to watch seven episodes, but mm-hmm. you have the first episode with Alan Tudyk impersonating Donnie Briscoe. How can you not love that? Oh, wow. It was really funny. Yeah. He, there was a, something from the first season. He learned to like speak English and use um, American colloquialisms by watching law and order. Right. So then he has a head injury to start off season two, and all he can remember is what he watched from Law and Order. So now he thinks he's that character. <laughs> oh, it's and great. we have the return of Nathan Fillion as the talking octopus. And they gave him a name. Yes. I love it. Number 42. Uh, That's right. his name. Number 42 with the black bean sauce. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was great. Hey, get me out of here. I'm the I'm the special this week. <laughs> Ron, yeah. you glorious two-legged bastard. <laughs> Um, so that's all we're doing here. Jesse, what are you doing on Source Material? Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Source Material Comics Podcast. Well, just real quick, uh, you mentioned the wrestling thing. We had Tripped Up Trivia that hit where we did some wrestling trivia, so make sure to check that out. I'm currently looking at the calendar as I go down through here. Well, you know, last week, uh, I hear there's this great movie that came out called Morbius. (laughs) And we (laughs) drove... Chris Armstrong and myself talked the man called Morbius on source material. And boy, was that something else? Uh, Like I said, four things, Morbius, a hoodie, the villain, the Rose and the ultimate nullifier tune in. There's nine, there's nine issues that Chris Armstrong and I cover. Uh, Yeah. And we'll connect the dots for you. Then upcoming on the unspoken issues podcast, we'll be talking cosmic carnage or the carnage cosmic as it is titled in that uh series there's two issues of amazing spider-man where the symbiote gets onto the silver surfer and we got some problems uh and then we have a what if that we covered as well and then i think we are going to also be doing a comic book me and me and ronnie gotta get something figured out i believe that's on the schedule for later this month uh we're gonna sit down and talk a little bit about whatever he wants to talk about. So schedule's open. That's about all I have on my agenda. Hey, before I give it over to Alexis, you know, we did talk a little bit about Motley Crue tonight. I, I've always enjoyed Motley Crue. I'm going to bring my daughter to see them with Def Leppard and Poison this summer. I've only been waiting like two or three years to see this show because of the uh, unnamed origin of un- unnamed virus of unknown origin. Anywho, uh, if you're wanting, if you're like me, and you're wanting to check out some Motley Crue, but you don't want to spend any money. And really, who does? Who doesn't love free music? Do you love free music, Jesse? I love. Free I'm music. cheap. If That's I could right. only fondle free music. Yes, I like to do everyone's <laughs> junk. You should go to uh, Amazon Music. Get AmazonMusic.com/slash/W2M Network again. It's Get AmazonMusic.com/slash/W2M Network for a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Unlim- Music Unlimited service. Complete the sign-up process. Uh, enjoy your 30 days of streaming anything you want. All the Motley Crew you can find. You can go back to the satanic era of Motley Crew, the stripper era of Motley Crew, the drug dealing era of Motley Crew, all the eras of Motley Crew. Um, and then when you're done with that, you can check out Poison and Def Leppard and Wasp. You can fuck like a beast, Jesse. Did you know that? You can be like Wasp and fuck like a beast? That's, yeah. On I, AmazonMusic.com? That's fantastic. I understand. All right. Speaking of Wasp, uh, uh, Alexis Haina, I hear you make jewelry. What? Did you just call me a wasp? I really was going to say, speaking of fucking like a beast, but I figured, well, that's inappropriate. <laughs> it's like, I'll oh, just go with wasp. Yeah. Oh, horrible, horrible segue. I'm not technically a Protestant. <laughs> Good takeaway. Sell your wares, goddammit. 
All right. Yes. Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic. Uh, we're getting ready for Planet Comic Con uh, here in two weeks here in Kansas City. This is our home show. This is also marking the official 10-year anniversary. Planet Comic Con was the very first con we ever worked at. It's our 10-year anniversary. Coming back to it. So excited. Love being there. Week after that, I'm in Springfield, Missouri for Vision Con. This is a smaller convention, but we always have a good time there. Just found out that uh, the original vo or the voice of Space Ghost from Space Ghost Coast to Coast would be among one of the guests there. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Now, say so you're talking about flashbacks. Uh, as far as our online presence, um, our shop on Etsy is still up and running. We have finally figured out uh, how to appease Amazon with their photo policies. Uh, I basically have to go through and at least one, the first picture for every product has to have no background, like okay. white paint buckets no background so i'm going to be spending a lot of time in photoshop over the next few days but i'm getting the uh products back up as quick as quickly as i can so hopefully we'll have the amazon shop here shop amazon shop up and running in the meantime uh you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter that is honeysuckle rose creations the intersection of geek and chic all right, folks, thank you for joining us here on TV Party tonight. Please remember to like and subscribe uh, our YouTube page if you enjoy seeing our pretty faces as we talk about this stuff. Um, so like and subscribe on YouTube if you're just wanting this to listen to the traditional audio podcast. We're on all your favorite podcatchers, uh, Stitchers, uh, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Google Podcasts. We're all there. So type in W2Mnet. And you will find us. You'll not only get us, but all the all the Sean stuff, all the Eric Watkins stuff. He uh, he almost podcasts almost as much as I do these days. So, Ooh. and then we have Brian Espinoza with his League of Legends podcast. So, there's multiple shows a day, every single day of the week. We have Bill Yankovic's that wrestling show. There's something for everybody here on the W2M network. So, please like and subscribe and leave a comment if you're feeling froggy. Uh, with that, thank you for joining us once again. Be well, be safe, and behave.